Hello and a big warm welcome to everyone. My name is Marion Rose, PhD, and I'm a Level 2 Aware Parenting Instructor. And today again, I have Aletha Salter, PhD, with me. She is the founder of the Aware Parenting Institute. Um, you're a developmental psychologist, consultant, international speaker, and author of five books, The Aware Baby, Cooperative and Connected, Tears and Tantrums, Raising Drug-Free Kids, and Attachment Play. And one or more of your books have been translated into 17 languages, which is so amazing. So welcome, Aletha. Thank you. It's good to talk with you. So today we're going to talk about another quite big topic for parents, which is all about eating. Yep. Food. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take a deep breath. <laughs> so, Alita, you talk about self-regulation uh, around eating for babies and children, and I know the term regulation gets used in very different ways in different paradigms. Mm. So, I'd love if, if you could talk to us, the listeners and watchers, about how what you mean in terms of self-regulation for food. Okay, that I use that term to to mean that babies and children that we can trust children to select a healthy diet for themselves, um, provided certain conditions are met, provided we haven't interfered in certain ways that we'll talk about, but they can become self-regulated. They don't need us to control their eating. And um, this has been you know, shown by, by research. They have, there's actually studies that have shown that children will select a healthy diet. There was one study I remember done many decades ago. There, there were, they let babies choose from like 10 months old babies uh, from a variety of foods at each meal. And there was one of the babies in the study who had rickets from lack of vitamin D. And this little boy, he spontaneously pointed to the cod liver oil. He wanted the cod liver oil, which is a source of vitamin D, and he drank that for weeks. I mean, took some every day. And when his bones were healthy and normal, he didn't want cod liver oil anymore. So it's amazing. I mean, there's, there's body wisdom, okay? So, um, yeah. And, and I don't use, I, not to be confused with the term emotional regulation. I don't use the term, because that can be misinterpreted to mean um, repressing emotions. And I don't, I stay away from the term emotional regulation, but self-regulation for food is, I think, a useful term. Yeah, self-regulation. So I'm imagining some parents are like, oh, can we really trust our babies around food? And as you said, there are certain conditions. So do you want to Yeah, right. right. What situations yeah. can we, can we uh, babies and children not able to self-regulate around food? Yeah, so one of the main ones is if, if they've gotten used to um, eating for comfort, to eating to block emotions when they need to cry. So if we have blocked, if we have you know, always offered the breasts. Every time the baby cried as an infant, the mother does that. Uh, the baby may come to develop a, a nursing pattern, a habit. Yes. And I call these control patterns because they're patterns of behavior that control emotions. <laughs> and so then, then when we start offering solid foods, they may tend to continue that habit with, with foods and especially sweets because the breast milk is very sweet mm. and their, their bodies will remember last time I was upset and needed to cry, last time I was anxious, I got something sweet and so they may reach for the sweets and, and choose that. 
Yes. And it, it could interfere with their um, with healthy self-regulation. Yes. So that's one way. And then when we do the uh, the self-demand approach to feeding uh, after we start introducing solids, I think it's important to introduce foods simultaneously, not one after the other, to offer a variety of choices and let them see them. Because um, we just say, what do you want to eat? And they're going to think, of calories, you know, so, and and they're going to choose like candy, ice. Cream. But if we if we choose them and set out a sweet food plus something like a piece of cheese, and 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 a, a slice of apple and and some other things, um, there they may not go for the sweet right away. So yeah, so that's important. And then it this. Uh, Demand approach will only work if there's no medical conditions that can interfere with. There are some conditions that, that can prevent a child from being able to uh, self-regulate in a healthy way their calorie intake. So that's another one. And then another one, there is such a thing as infantile anorexia. So, um, and often that's caused by a, a deep disturbance in the mother-child relationship. These are infants who fail to thrive and they they refuse food, so that's that's a serious condition, and that would need to be addressed. We can't just trust that they're getting enough. Often it's I just read a recent study on that. It was often it's mothers who are just um, not not very very responsive, or who on the other hand are overly intrusive. Um, so, but in the absence of those conditions, yes, babies can. Can, can actually, um, you know, they, 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 we can trust that their natural body wisdom it, it will be in alignment with their biological needs. Their food choices will be. Yeah. So. so I'm imagining there might be some sighs of relief as, as people are listening and watching, but on the other hand, there might be some, uh, um, you know, I know it can be really hard for parents to trust that, that yeah. body wisdom yeah. their babies or children. Yeah. Why, yeah. why is that? Why can it be so hard for parents to trust sometimes? Well, I think it's, I think many of us weren't trusted around our own eating when we were little. Maybe we have eating issues as adults. Maybe we, we, you know, when we're feeling depressed or stressed or anxious, maybe we reach for the box of chocolates, you know? <laughs> Actually, chocolate's good for us. I just learned that. <laughs> But not if it becomes an addiction. Um, maybe we're overweight. Maybe we're eating to repress it. Yeah, you know, emotions and, and just not, not in touch with our own bodies. So it's hard to trust our children to, you know, to really be in touch with their biological needs when we're not in touch with our own. So families can learn this together and develop the self-demand approach. Um, I think there is... There's basically some psychological principles to keep in mind when we implement this approach. One is that babies, children can become, can eat for, for comfort if they've been, you know, comfort fed in the past. The second, though, is that, and this has been proven in studies too, that um, the restriction of specific foods creates craving for those foods and this is kind of the root of this whole approach why we don't want to restrict foods the more we restrict the food so you can have it later or you only get one a day the more we 
do that for the foods that we think, the more our children are going to want those foods. <laughs> so this is hard. This is hard because those are the foods we really don't want them to eat so much of, but it, it can backfire. Yes, okay. And the other principle, kind of related, if we use food as a reward for eating other foods, that's a little, that can backfire too. Because let's say, you know, it's tempting to say, okay, you can have your ice cream after you eat your broccoli. Yes. Okay. Now that's, that's going to create more of a desire for ice cream and more of a distaste for broccoli. It's going to have the opposite effect of what we want. Yes. And this is all based on the research on rewards. Anything we do use as a reward is going to make a child dislike whatever they have to do to get the reward. Yes. So it, it's, it's important to keep those in mind and it's hard to, to not succumb to these, <laughs> these ways of trying to get our children to eat, but it's, it's important to be aware of how we might be interfering with their ability to self-regulate. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I think what I love again about Aware Pony, it's so, so often we can really tune into that by thinking of it for ourselves. You know, like, right. you know if someone was to tell me, you absolutely can never, ever have a certain thing, then even though I didn't want that thing, I know I'd be really wanting that thing. Right, exactly. Um, it's only human nature. You can't have something. Oh, it must be wonderful. I want it. I want it, you know. Yeah. And the same for the, you know, if you, if you eat your peas, you get the ice cream. Oh, my God, the ice cream must be really yeah. Right. Right. and again the importance of doing our own inner work and our own inner reflection on this because the more neutral we get and that's what I really found for myself and yeah. as you say you know going on the journey with my daughter in particular and relearning for myself the more neutral I got around things the more I could respond in neutral ways yeah you want we used to even do fun things for a few years where we'd go out to a particular cafe and we'd all have um, chocolate pudding before before we had the, the um, savouring, it was really fun to do that. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. It's, isn't it? It's that, again, the more we can um, find that in ourselves, the easier it is to, to do that with our children. I remember when you took me out to lunch once and you ordered ice cream for your children. First thing, I remember that. Wow, that's pretty neat. <laughs> because then we got so neutral. And then the paradox is I found my daughter. She really, after that, after, as soon as she got to a bit older, she was like, no, I want to do what other people do. I want to have the, want to have the savory first. But it was uh -huh. an okay. absolute choice yeah. because we wanted to you know, be included in um, do you want to say more about sugar? So I know, uh, can we really trust children around this? <laughs> <Same thing. laughs> I'll, share, I'll share my experience with this. Um, yeah, I mean, assuming they're, again, they're not using food to, to repress, uh, as a control pattern, to repress emotions. So that, that's the, the big exception here. But um, so, so I recommend, you know, if parents want to implement this self-demand approach to, also implement everything else about aware parenting at the same time, or it might not work that well. Yes. So, yeah. So with my daughter, I, okay, so I wasn't comfortable. I was, I was letting them choose my children. Um, I was doing the self, self demand approach, letting them become self-regulated except for candy. I didn't for years. I said, okay, one piece a day. I restricted candy. Okay. 
they would come and get bags of candy at Halloween. I'd say, you know, one piece a day. And I got tired of being the, you know, the monitor and the, the straight. <laughs> I thought, okay, I'm just going to try this and see what happens. And I said, you know, you can have candy whenever you want, as much as you want. It's like, really? <laughs> and my daughter was six. And my son was 11 when I, when I just, no more restrictions on any candy, uh, anything we had in the house. She binged on candy. I think it was a, two months or more. She just ate a lot of candy. I would take her to the grocery store. I'd let her pick whatever she wanted. I would buy whatever she wanted. We had a big candy jar. She'd go to it whenever she wanted. The, the neighbor kids would come in. That was kind of a problem because <laughs> they would come to our house to get candy because they saw that, that my daughter was getting the candy whenever she wanted. So finally, I, I told them, you know, we need to put the candy. I told my daughter, we need to put the candy away because I don't know if their parents agree with this. We can't just you know, be offering free candy to the whole neighborhood. <laughs> but when the neighbors and kids weren't there, we, she got to eat as much as I told her not to eat candy when they were there, and she understood. Anyway, she, but what happened, it was really interesting. She started saying the candy jar smells bad. And then she started saying, I only want this kind and this kind. And then she said, I only want this one kind of candy. I don't remember what it was. And she started eating less and less. She really got disgusted with it. She started eating less and less. And then after a while, it was just, she just didn't eat any. Maybe once in a while. Yeah, maybe once in a while. I can't say any, not. But, and my son never been, he was 11. He never was that interested in candy. He never binged on candy. So, And both of them were pretty up to date on their crying, I'd say, I don't think they had a huge backlog. So that's one reason why it worked, but I was surprised that she did eat a lot for two months. So, and I was, I was very uneasy during that time. I, saying, I imagine that was hard at time. <laughs> <laughs> Is this really gonna work? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You wanna share, you, I think yes, you I might be experience a, with that too. I, I pretty much did it because of you and, and reading the book, the book you recommend and, and your research. And you know, my daughter did, interesting enough, because she did have a breastfeeding repression mechanism, but because she did really catch up with the majority of her feelings by the time she was like three or four, mm -hmm. just, she would, yeah, I, I just, so my restriction was I, I didn't, I wasn't willing for them to have things with lots of chemicals in, but sugar icing. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I had certain loving limits around that. And she, um, yeah, she just so, uh, this, the story is that they, I wanted to share, they have Easter eggs from last year and the year before still in the fridge. They have, <laughs> they have the whole door and they have uh, chocolate, chocolate Easter eggs and things mm -hmm. like that. And they just, mm -hmm. you know, whereas for me, it's still a bit of a thing. If I have chocolate, it, it will tend to get eaten very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, if they, they, yeah, they just don't have any urgency around eating it. Uh -huh. A bit here and a bit there and mm -hmm. uh -huh. there's no it's not a big deal so it's so wonderful so thank you oh, yeah. <laughs> so relaxing to have that yeah but it's worked it's worked for you it's worked for lots of families that i know yeah and the other thing i did when they were younger which is i had 
we went through a couple of years where they'd have their own shelf and when we went to the health food shop they'd choose whatever food they wanted mm-hmm. and I'd prepare it so, and I'd put it in the fridge in kind of glass mm-hmm. mm-hmm. containers mm-hmm. so whenever they wanted they can go and get the bits of carrot and you know they had the stuff on their shelf and that, mm-hmm. that was really lovely when they were younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Some families, I support whatever families feel comfortable with bringing into their homes and so Families don't want to bring junk food in and prefer, and I say, well, just, just bring healthy food in your home, but let give them as much choice from what you have in your home. That's the important thing. Don't try to control what they eat. If it's in your home, they should be allowed to eat it <laughs> when they want and how much they want. Um, and that makes everything easier. I mean, we can't win the food battles anyway with a child. We, we cannot make a child eat something. You can't. I mean, you can keep a child from eating something. You cannot make a child eat something. Yeah, and actually, let's let's go into there from um, from there to children who, because that's often a, a slightly different piece, isn't it? Children who really restrict the types of foods that they eat. And um, do you want yeah. to know how attachment play can really help children? In- oh yeah. So well, it's actually it's, it's quite normal for for young children to to eat very restricted yes. foods yeah. uh, to not eat a huge variety of food. A lot of children resist anything new for several years. And some children just have like five things they like, you know, and, and that's okay. And it's, you know, if they get a balanced diet among those five things. But And then children go on food binges. That's normal. That's one thing these studies have shown. It's normal for children to eat a lot of one food for one day, not touch it for weeks afterwards. Um, eat a lot at one meal, but hardly anything at the other meals. So all that's pretty normal. But if children are really, really resisting new foods, we, we can play, we can do some play around that. We can, we can pretend we're, we're afraid of the new food. We can pretend we're disgusted with it. Oh, we can say, don't you touch it. Don't, I don't ever want you eating peas, you know, or we, I mean, there's just a lot to, to, to encourage them to, release it, it's 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 i don't know what causes the resistance to to novelty but a lot of children have that and i don't think it's anything to worry about but we can kind of shake that up a little get them giggling get them laughing and then often they will try the new food there's some kind of fear of novelty or anxiety around new things and and we see this more in highly sensitive children too um so yeah we can play around we can bring some play in. I love that. I, I love both of those pieces. I, I don't hear many other um, parenting educators or paradigms talk about that piece about, you know, really that acceptance that actually it's really natural for children to do that. So thank you for, for bringing that piece. I think it's so yeah. reassuring for parents. Yeah. And it also reminds me of what you said earlier as well, how our own, um, how we're feeling around food has such an impact, doesn't it? If we're feeling stressed and we're trying to, and we're worried and we're trying to get them to eat this, that's also going to really yeah. impact the whole um, eating mm-hmm. environment. So bringing in that playfulness can really, really help us as well, can't it, to be a bit more... Oh, laughing. yes. Get us laughing. Get us laughing. And, uh, and even when there's, there's a, if there's a sugar addiction that we're trying to help our child work through, in addition to helping them you know, allowing crying when they need to cry. We can we can play with that sugar addiction in playful ways. We can we can pretend to be a, a cookie they're taking a bite out of and say, "Ouch, you bit me!" You know. We can say, um, 
we can pretend to have the craving, you know, please let them, let them restrict the candy or the cookies. Please give me one little piece, please, may I have one little piece? please, I can't live without my candy. You know, just get them to laugh about it. Um, anything to shake things up and bring, bring the laughter will help work through the sugar so again you talk about that in your book attachment play and you talk about all the the pieces connected and cooperative and connected and tears and tantrums about helping release the feelings that co that create those right. yeah expression mechanisms playing around food that's in cooperative and connected yeah <laughs> yeah that's okay is it attachment play as well isn't it is it it might be <laughs> is there i'm not sure do you talk about some games in there? I'll show you. Around food? Around Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> everyone, I recommend everyone buying all of your books or getting hold of all of your books. <laughs> they're all wonderful. Yeah. Um, so you shared your own experiences. Um, yeah, anything else? Did you want to share anything around things you've seen in families who have consulted with you around this food and self-regulation? Yeah, right. It, it, it generally works. If, if they implement other everything else to you know, the, <laughs> the attachment play and the listening to feelings and crying and and really doing you know connected parenting and no, no punishments or rewards and it's it, it it has to go with the whole approach or it might not work that well yeah. it may end up the children only eating not just two months for the next yeah. 10 years yeah. eating yeah yeah and then there's families that have um you know medical issues or some families who who have uh, you know one who is, has a medical issue or diabetic or something they kind of bring in foods that then then the whole family kind of just sticks to that kind of diet which uh which makes it easier for the child who who really or, or allergies you know who really can't eat certain foods um, the children get older, they can understand that their brother can eat something that they can't or whatever, but it, it's, it's harder when they're younger. Yeah. And again, that can be such a helpful thing, can't it, as they get older and they are going to school or birthday parties and other children mm -hmm. eating other things that they can be play and, and, yeah. and releasing feelings around that at home. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, where, can, where can people find more about your work and this particular piece if they're new to... Okay, well, that there is a whole section in uh, Cooperative Connected um, on uh, eating issues. Yes. And so that's, I would say, the main source for this information um, in my work. There's other books out there on this topic, too. There's one I recommend called Kids, Carrots, and Candy, which is a nice title. Um, so, yeah, there's... Um, lots of good information out there and uh it really can work <laughs> yes and it's so much more relaxing isn't it? that's what i yeah. think more relaxing though i can really trust my children that they will, they eat what their bodies tell them to eat and they yeah. stop when they fall and they yeah yeah i think when it doesn't work i think what i have seen happening is that parents are forgetting to offer these foods simultaneously Okay, it's one thing, important part of this whole approach. I think some children are very visual and 
you know, you say, do you want, do you want a banana or yogurt or this or that? They have a hard time. They have to see them. They have to see them. And then they'll be more likely to select. And I recommend having just a plate of wholesome foods right out there when they come home from school or daycare or first thing in the morning. Um, otherwise, they're going to reach for the sweets when their body needs calories if they don't immediately see other options. So I think that's important to keep in yeah, I love that. And it really fits with that sense that it's the body's knowing, isn't it? Almost sometimes I think the body needs to see, literally, okay, what, what other things rather than... Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot, some women get in touch with this when we're, when, during pregnancy. During pregnancy, our bodies, we, we sometimes have cravings and we want certain foods. And I actually enjoyed eating liver during my pregnancy. I don't normally eat meat. I normally hate liver. Yes. But during both pregnancies, I enjoyed eating liver, and I needed the iron, and I needed that, that you know, rich protein. And I haven't eaten it since. But <laughs> um, I had the craving um, for fish when I was pregnant with Lana, and I hadn't eaten fish for like 16 uh, years or something, and I, uh -huh, I did. I uh -huh, uh -huh. Yeah. So we do, um, during pregnancy, we, we tend to be more in touch with our bodies with them. It'd be nice if you could be that way all the time and, and raise our children to be that way all the time. And learn from this approach, isn't it? That's the beautiful gift that we can also right. relearn to trust yeah. ourselves and our bodies in this way. Right. Thank you so much, Alita. So your website for people who want to go and have a look at your website. Oh, we lost each other. For okay, yeah, website, awareparenting.com. I think we just had a connection there for a minute. I think we're picture froze, but... Uh, awareparenting.com and um, and your website your website is marionrose.net yes. yeah. yeah. thank you again I so love our conversations mm. so appreciate your work and how yeah. transformative it is for transformative it is for families all around the world so thank you again and look forward to talking to you next time mm. and thank you for doing these conversations I always, have, I always enjoy talking with you thank you <laughs> bye